As we all know now, Carolina made a trade for the number one overall pick, sending DJ Moore and a boatload of draft picks up to Chicago uh, in exchange for that number one overall pick to take their quarterback of the future. Unfortunately, that happened after we recorded this podcast. So keep that in mind as you get a listen. Still some great nuggets in there. Hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks. Welcome to the Half Yard Line. I'm Tim. Luke is my name. Is it? I just thought I'd throw you a curveball and see what you did. <laughs> I, I turned my head and went, what? Uh, but indeed, Tim and Luke, Half Yard Line. But I, I'm so <laughs> it's, complete, it's completely rigid. That worked exactly as well as I hoped. Okay. So welcome to another of our 32 team-by-team analyses of the 2022 season. Looking forward to the 2023 offseason hitting every NFL team prior to free agency so you know what the teams you like, hate, don't know anything about are looking to do this offseason to hopefully improve their prospects, unless they're the Chiefs, in which case they're just trying to win the Super Bowl again. Um, While we go through those, certainly please check us out on your favorite podcast app. Like, subscribe, rate, review, all the cool things you can do on the interwebs these days. Follow us on the social medias at halfyardlinepod or halfyardlinepod at gmail.com. For you emailers out there, would love to interact with you guys in that way. So, Luke, continuing our tour through the NFC South over to Charlotte, North Carolina, the only team named for two states, the Carolina <laughs> Panthers. I never thought about that. Yeah, no, they, uh, matter of fact, they just got a whole legal kerfuffle down there. They were going to build a team headquarters in South Carolina and uh, got it about two-thirds of the steel put up and then got no fight with the city and they're ripping it all down mm, interesting well however many states they represent they were seven and ten last year so Not i don't good. know if north and south are happy with that north and south are unhappy with that um as we get back on task after i disrupted tim we'll talk a little bit about the panthers year that was i just had it down as bizarre is the adjective I would go with for the Panthers last year. We covered them quite a lot on the podcast during the season. They lost five of their first six games and they were shit, I think is the uh, appropriate term. They fired Matt Rule. They traded Christian McCaffrey. They used, I think, 60 or 70 QBs at various stages. They appointed Steve Wilkes as the interim head coach. Then they won four of their last six and had a shot at the NFC South title and ended up finishing second. I'm not really sure what to make of it. A lot of um, ado, a lot of kerfuffle down there in, uh, to borrow your word, down there in, in Charlotte last year. They moved to this kind of run-heavy attack. It's not my word. It's the name of the city. Oh, I just, yeah, it's, no, kerfuffle, <laughs> not not Charlotte. Oh. <laughs> That's not the word I was borrowing. Um, the, the, uh, the, uh, the team moved to this kind of run-heavy attack under Steve Wilkes where they rotated through you know, Trooper Hubbard, Deontay Foreman, Rasheem Blackshear, run, 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 throw it 15 times and win games, which seemed to work for them. Um, it's an off-season of change again in Carolina, which has been a bit of a theme since Cam Newton left, basically, or faded from the uh, the picture a little bit. They hired Frank Reich. Steve Wilkes, I think both of us thought, had a pretty good shot at getting this job. Uh, he did brilliant work with, as we say, a strangely kind of undermanned roster last offseason, but they didn't they didn't pull the trigger on him. He moved on. Ijiro Evero comes in as the defensive coordinator from Denver. Really interested to see how that works. I think that was a Big fantastic get. Fantastic get for Frank Reich. 
the most remarkable thing about the Panthers, they're picking ninth. They've got an extra two and a four from San Francisco, and they've got an extra third. They've got a third from that trade as well, but they traded their third last year to move up and get Matt Corral in a draft. But I mentioned something crazy about the Panthers, which I looked up and I could not believe this. Tim, do you know how much cap room they have? I mean, I'm oh. sure you don't. But they're I'm four, about to say, get, get the, but they must have a lot or you wouldn't be saying it. So let's say $80 million. They're $4 million over the cap at the moment. I'm sorry. The Carolina Panthers yeah. are over the... Yeah. Is it because they have 32 quarterbacks on the roster? Is uh, that the problem? I honestly could not believe what I was reading. We uh, recorded the Falcons podcast. Go check that one out. Uh, NFC South fans or fans of anyone else. They've got a buttload of cap room and you say, yeah, the team wasn't particularly good. You're not paying a quarterback. You know, it's a dirt cheap roster. I could not believe that the Panthers were over the cap, but they are. So I was thinking before, you know, sight unseen, before I started my research, great, they're going to come in, they're picking high, loads of flexibility. But no, they are paying a lot of players a lot of money. They've got 30%, over 30% of their cap going to three players, Shaq Thompson, DJ Moore, Taylor Moton. Um, So they really don't have very much flexibility at all, which surprised me. Now, there's a couple of guys who might get cut, restructured, and so on. We can get to that later. But yeah, over the cap. Did they know that Taylor Moten plays on the right side of the line? Yeah, it's a a strange one. But uh, the season that was- $25 million for a right tackle? Yeah. the season that was a bad team? The season that was was a a mishmash, uh, strange um, season in 2022. Any thoughts on the Panthers last year before we look ahead? Uh, How you fire your coach, send your best player off, and get better is beyond me. How you send a player with Christian McCaffrey's cap hit away and end up over the cap, I don't understand either, without a franchise quarterback. Um, This team is in bigger pickle than I think I realized that they were, to be quite frank. But no, they, they obviously have some... Bones maybe is the best way to think of it, right? They had zero production from the quarterback position last year. They were able to win some games. Some of that is playing in a terrible division in a bad conference. So, I mean, I guess I would say meh. But I would have thought they had more opportunity to turn meh into something this offseason than maybe they do. Yeah, it's it's a strange position they find themselves in. Um, David Tepper will be looking to oversee some, some upheaval down there. Weirdly, they've got quite a lot of good young pieces in good positions to have young pieces. They drafted Iki Aquanu last year, left tackle. They've got Brian Burns, who's like a budding star. You've got DJ Moore, who I think is a great player. You've got Dante Jackson at corner. Like These are positions which are important in the modern NFL. They drafted JC Horn at corner last year as well, obviously. So they've got, like you say, some bones in place, just lacking a little bit of a little bit of sparkle and especially on the offensive side of the football quarterback of course the biggest area of need for this team they're picking ninth which probably isn't going to get the job done if you want one of these top guys especially if you want one of the top two you know cj stroud bryce young i think they're going to have to move up um they've met with Derek carr which is another option don't know if they're in that sweepstakes or not in reality or if they just met him to do their research as i mentioned already matt corral was drafted last year but he didn't play he was like the only rookie quarterback that didn't play last year um here's a cautionary tale because the panthers could look to trade up that's been mocked a lot rumored a lot you're picking nine Maybe you package some picks and you try and move up to two, not two, sorry, move up to one even, move up to three. Try and get up into the upper reaches to pick a quarterback of the future. Here are 
the quarterbacks that teams have traded up for into the top three since 2012. Okay. Robert Griffin III, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold, Mitch Trubisky. That's the list. So buyer beware on moving up into the high reaches of the draft in order to pick your quarterback of the future. The recent history is not very good. Now, listen, you're doing your own evaluation year on year. The history, the past does not dictate the future necessarily, but a cautionary tale, I thought that was a pretty remarkably bad list that none of those guys have even been... Well, Goff is the best of that group by quite a long way. Um, and yeah, RG3 had, was, was, was moving well until his knee got destroyed. I, yeah. I think that's an interesting stat, though, Luke, and I wonder if it's, if anything, due to the fact that if the team who's already got that pick is willing to sell it to you. That could be. Also, that, the other thing, something to that. Yeah. The other part of it, if you, if you think where the Panthers are, you think moving up to, you know, let's say they want to move up to one, you think, well, nine to one. Okay. It's a lot, but it's not that much. If you look at the Jimmy Johnson, the classic, for those not familiar, Jimmy Johnson obviously was the coach of the Cowboys in the nineties. He came up with this trade value chart concept for what is a pick worth in a points on a number of points. Um, and then how many points do you need to accrue to move up to another pick so one is a higher number of points of seven if you want to move up from like four to one it doesn't cost you that much or don't cost you a bit if you want to move up from nine to one it costs you like three firsts or something insane so it's it's definitely um, an area of need but they need to maybe be cautious about how they approach it based on recent history the other areas i had circled wide receiver or tight end they've got dj moore he's great terrace marshall finally showed some promise last year after some false starts in his career they probably need a third option or a tight end who can take some of the uh pass catching burden and pass rush was the other one brian burns is a star frankie luvu who came on leaps and bounds was second on the team with seven sacks last year um they need another guy to go opposite burns or maybe even an inside pass rusher which is so highly valued now they only had 17 turnovers last year they've got good corners but it's more front to back production needed they only had 35 sacks a third of those pretty much were brian burns so another guy who can legitimately pressure pressure or pressurized the quarterback is the other position so quarterback receiver and pass rush three arguably the three most important positions outside offensive tackle in the draft but in the uh, in the nfl this year don't know if you had any others that screamed out to you you know, Luke, I, I think inside linebacker is another area they've got to get better. Uh, we've got to quit saying on all of these quarterback, wide receiver, pass rush. I know. The NFC South, every single one of these is pretty much exactly the same. But, yeah. <laughs> there, there are no wide receivers you'll get in free agency, so that doesn't account. And they don't have and any quarterback, money. Yeah. Linebacker, inside linebacker, I feel like they were a little susceptible to the run this year. Um, I think they could get better there. It's a it's a team that's got needs obviously across the roster, um, but yeah, I had inside linebacker, I had defensive tackle, and I had the defensive backfield, which is basically the, the positions you didn't list. So yeah, I, I think um, on defensive backfield and linebacker, they, they've used Jeremy Chin in that hybrid role since uh, yep. he came out of college. He's a very good player. Just always comes down to with those sort of lighter guys who flex between linebacker and and uh and safety how much you want to put them in the box and get them in harm's way versus maybe protecting them and deploying them in a in a smart fashion so another very good player on this team that i didn't mention yet so they have like we say got some pieces um free agents to be there really weren't that many that i looked at and thought oh you make make sure you keep him the big name is deontay foreman really well actually i say i tell a lie the big name is michael jordan but it's obviously not 
that Michael Jordan. It's the guard. Um, but Deontay <laughs> Foreman is the only one in the list I thought would be a priority. They've got Tuba Hubbard. Rasheem Blackshear played uh, in spot duty last season. Foreman's been really productive for a couple of years in a row for different teams. Played for my Titans in Derrick Henry relief was excellent. Played excellently well last year in Carolina. Running back's not a premium position. They haven't got much cap space. I don't know if you really bother going down that route, to be honest, not because he's not a good player, but just because you think you can find value in the draft, most likely, or you just stick with the two guys you got. But he's a different profile of back to Hubbard. He's a more physical runner. You know, the classic one cut run you over type dude more than Hubbard, who's a little bit more of a shifty guy. On the free agency list, they only have 16, which isn't that many. So I don't know if you had any on that list who you thought they should look to retain, but it, it wasn't uh, a particularly pressing group in my opinion. No, actually, it was such a underwhelming group. Um, Corey Littleton was one that popped off the list as a guy who, had, you know, we talked about inside linebacker being a need for them. Um, as far as depth is concerned, he's certainly not a, a premium player. Right. Um, the other name I had on here that obviously people will know, which is not, I don't think, a target for them, but made me think about their team construct they had so many different quarterbacks come through that quarterback room last year who's let's say they go out and get one who is their backup like who who are they keeping out of this carousel with sam darnold showing up on the list as a free agent it just made me wonder i mean they they traded baker mayfield to the rams they had darnold in there they have i mean five starting quarterbacks last year i mean pj PJ walker's a free agent as well Jacob Eason played a little bit like it, yeah it was just a mess I mean Donald they traded for and picked up the fifth year option and that didn't pan out and then even with getting him off the roster you still are over the cap so um, I agree a good backup would be worth it I don't the problem is they brought in a lot of those younger kind of reclamation project guys I don't know if any of them wants to be a backup is Sam Donald really going to want to do that he, he could probably start for this team next year given unless Matt Corral shows that he is you know the dude in the offseason I think it'll probably end up being either a rookie maybe if they can somehow free up some money, Derek Carr, but I don't see where that is. Um, certainly a pickle. And as we said, pretty much every team in the NFC South, barring maybe the Falcons, is looking for a quarterback. So interesting position to be in. Yep. As far as cut candidates, there weren't really any of these either. It was a strange one. The re- the most obvious thing to be re- would be restructuring DJ Moore, Taylor Moten. You can save about 10 million bucks a piece doing that. That just seems a very obvious thing to do. Damian Wilson is the other one. Can save three and a half million dollars on a linebacker who only played 204 snaps last year that seems like a smart thing to do and as far as filling the gaps that uh they need the problem they're facing is that the most expensive positions are the positions they need the most so quarterback receiver pass rush cost a lot of money especially in recent history um they don't have the money to spend so filling gaps you've got to look at the draft like we said they're picking ninth overall they've then got the 40th overall pick they've got the 62nd overall pick do you package those do you try and be aggressive and trade next year's picks to move up who knows the only other thing they could look at free agency wise we've spoken about it on a few pods but it's a pretty deep tight end free agency class maybe you wait for one of those guys to fall a little bit off the radar maybe that is a robert tonyan or an irv smith jr who doesn't get that first round of contracts and they end up waiting for a chair when the music stops and you can swoop in and say yeah we'll give you a cheap deal we can bring you in so maybe something for them to investigate but the panthers certainly facing a quandary going into frank reich's first year a lot of work to be done and there's still a lot of work to be done here on the pod as we continue our march towards free agency and wrap all 32 nfl teams up in a nice little 
package for you guys to listen to. Please check out all of the other podcasts that we've put out and subscribe so that you don't miss the ones that are still to come. We are on the socials at halfyardlinepod. You can email us halfyardlinepod at gmail.com if you are that way inclined. Do get in touch, do spread the word, and we look forward to seeing you on the next one. But for Carolina, it is ta-ta. Bye-bye.